Welcome back. This is James. And this is Reed. And I would say that we are here for another exciting installment of Vaughn's Sessions, but we're not. Nope, this is actually another point .5. Yes, it's, it's going to throw my entire mind off with the point .5 being not on a divisible of five. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's necessary. We've come to the end of an arc for Vaughn, um, and rather than... Uh, bore you at the start of the next session with a, a whole bunch of details and wrap up and all of that sort of stuff. We figured we'd go through it here. Um, this is going to be primarily a bit of theory crafting and some recap and some discussion about how the 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 previous events have affected Vaughn um, and system wise how he might improve from that or change from that. So if that doesn't interest you, then uh, then just wait for the next session to to, to post on your uh, your favored RSS feed or or SoundCloud and uh, and listen to that. But if you are interested in what we're going to be going through, we're going to cover the end of Vaughn's first major arc. Yes. Yeah, because we he did have sort of that half arc introductory thing but this is indeed the, this is the end of the, the first major one uh since you know it was uh what 13 13 13 sessions i think yes yes we are we are taking this uh considering this arc to be from session six through session eight uh, 19 18 18 18 um inclusive of six so we're looking at a full 13 sessions um for this arc um i tend to prefer shorter arcs um, between 10 and 15 sessions. Um, there have been times that I have gone over that, um, had much longer arcs. <laughs> I think we discussed that on a previous point five. Of, yeah. With, and uh, with poor Jin and, and that, then that's book search that we, we brought up a, uh, a time or two before where it was like, you know, 20 plus <laughs> sessions. <I> yeah. Think. <laughs> and, and it can really, it can really drag on. Um, especially with the way that things move in surreal. I, um, I tend to go for the shorter session or shorter, shorter arcs and, um, and that, that that seems to be a bit bit better on the characters and a bit better on my storytelling, though it does force a bit uh, a bit tighter of writing, um, more more like writing poetry than writing uh, longhand prose. <laughs> um, but uh, but so thirteen sessions, full arc. Mm-hmm. Um, I had insinuated at the start of this arc that I already had an idea for the name of the arc and uh, and it turned out that that name would have been appropriate so I'm going to keep it the uh, the name of this this full arc for Vaughn was is uh, is getting the band together <laughs> and uh, and as if you've been listening as you should be if you're going to be listening to this um if you've been listening to the, to the episodes, you know that Vaughn has gotten together in Sterile's most dangerous band. Indeed, and uh, and they are pretty dangerous. I mean, looking at the uh, looking at the individual members. Yeah, yeah, hey, you know that 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 name was not a joke that uh, Vaughn came up with. He 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 actually literally means that. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. We got a harmonica player who's uh, who's also a. Martial artist and a um, 
Electromancer. Yes, Urzat's Electromancer. <laughs> yes, and uh, we, we've got a uh, a guitar player using a demon steel guitar or a demon steel stringed guitar, um, who is a uh, a swordsman of decent skill. You've got a, a bass player who is both a martial artist and a lancer, um, and uh, has berserker. But, Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Berserker and a I, lancer. <laughs> Berserker and a lancer. I don't know why I said martial artist. Uh, uh, she tends to use her her hands a lot when she's not using the knife. So true, true. She, we need to get her a proper weapon. Yeah. Um, but uh, but who who's who has the strength to stop a carriage in its tracks? Um, and uh, a drummer. Who uh, who drums with his magic? Uh, a pure audiomancer who's actually trained at the school of wizardry, um, and uh, an often on uh, vocalist as part of the band who's also a martial artist, um, well well known in the underground fighting rings in in her home city of Cordnor. So, not uh, not the sort of band that you really want to try and mess around with. No, no, no. no. <laughs> But um, but yeah. So this this last arc has really been about getting the band together. Um, there have been some, there were some adventures off of that main track, um, retrieving Sirsha from the hands of the the Bratva. Uh, I'm going out of order. Let's back up a little bit. <laughs> uh, saving uh, Malaka, the deep demon yes. in the alleyway, mm-hmm. um, breaking her out of. The uh, the station house where she was uh, incarcerated. <laughs> um, she wasn't a prisoner, technically. <laughs> <laughs> um, getting her out of the city, and uh, then retrieving Sirsha from the from the Bratva, who were upset about having their their prize removed from their hands. Um, uh, stopping runaway carriages and learning about uh, um, uh, <clears throat> oh, I don't even know where I was going with that. But stopping runaway carriages, at least, <laughs> um, and, and and some other uh, other notable events. Uh, uh, you know, learning about life in the city over the course of the entire arc. Um, right, uh, dealing with some really powerful. Uh, mages of the wizard and warlock variety mm-hmm. who could uh, who could do all sorts of crazy things um, saving miners that were trapped in the mines <laughs> and there was there was a lot going on this uh, this arc but the the big primary things I think when it comes down to it were um, were at the very start of the arc Vaughn very deliberately went about getting new strings for Kalen. And setting him up with a unique guitar to play. The the real starting point for the 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 direction that the arc went, its uh, tone and the the drive behind it was when Vaughn and Sirsha made a bet. And Vaughn won and was able to, as, as far as he was concerned, all, all fun and games, get her to embarrass herself by, by singing in public, which she obviously did not want to do. 
but it really opened Vaughn's eyes to the larger possibility of of a band, of playing for people, of doing that as a, a way of getting by in this city where money is required rather than skill. And it really kind of set him on his path. He and he and Sirsha and Kalen decided, yeah, let's let's do this band thing. And then Sirsha was like, well, yeah, I will as as long as it's as long as I feel good that day. <laughs> and Kalen was was fully into it. Interestingly enough, actually taking to it, despite the fact that he has done a multitude of different things, you'd say Kalen has is the longest longest running member of the band, along with Vaughn. Yes, yes. Um, They're from right from the start. Right from the start, from before the start, even. <laughs> um, pl- playing music in the Plains of Blood. <laughs> but uh, but then it you know we moved on to meeting Adila. Um, Vaughn's decision to adopt her um, and uh, uh, convincing her that she was not broken, that she was capable of playing music. Um, and she happily jumped on board playing playing bass for the band and uh, eventually meeting Valdis and uh, dealing with all of the problems surrounding his history and his uh his current disposition but all in an effort to to see whether or not those drums might be a good fit in the band but it's interesting to note i think at least as far as from vaughn's perspective that none of this really had to do with the instruments that they played uh, in some cases, not even being aware that they could play anything, like indeed, in, like in Adila's case, or or Sirsha's even before you know you know beforehand until he got you know until he found out that, as you said, that that bet you know took a took an odd turn that was mm-hmm. unexpected. Well, and exactly, it he's he's been adopting people, and uh, and just sort of building his own tribe in the middle of Cordnor, um, for for the entirety of the arc. Um, I think in um, one of the the bits of bonus materials that we posted on Facebook uh, previous to the start of this arc, um, somebody that knew Vaughn once referred to him as a collector of weirdos, <laughs> um, and that's that's kind of really hewn true throughout the arc. He's uh, he likes the odd ones, ones that don't quite fit in. Because to him, they're family. Mm-hmm. They're the ones he's most comfortable with. So all of that has, has come together to form this this arc where the main storyline was putting together a band, not, uh, not conquering a dungeon, not <laughs> uh, overcoming some great foe, um, but a lot of little battles um, dealing with um, social conflicts that were sometimes more intense than physical confrontation um dealing with personalities and bringing together a group that is able and willing to perform and um possibly if uh if we take von's uh, discussion with kaylin to be any indication uh a um 
a band that is going to go on the road sometime soon. Maybe so. Maybe so. Now, like like Von said, Cordenor might be getting a little too small for them. <laughs> they, might, they might need to, to, to spread their wings a bit. Indeed. Indeed. Maybe maybe get uh, get Kalen and Searsha out from under the thumb of the uh, thumb of the provost of the city. Right. Um, the the uh, American equivalent would be the the mayor of the city, um, and uh, you know get uh, remove Valdus a little bit further from the antagonists that chase at his heels, and uh, really just. Show show Adila a little bit more of the world than what she's seen. Um, and as for Vaughn, well, just be back on the road again. Yeah. Um, but there there was a lot that happened in this arc, and at the end of an arc, um, we discuss some abilities that you might gain. We also discuss the possibility that things might change for your social alignment. Um, in very rare circumstances, things can can crop up that will cause you to lose an ability, um, or lose a sense, or something. Um, no huge major events occurred in the previous arc that are going to fundamentally shift who Vaughn is. Um, I I think you can agree, but feel free to argue with me if you don't. Um, that his alignment still continues to play true as i think i i think i'd say that uh, i've i've done a, a fairly decent job of of uh hewing uh to his to his chaotic neutral alignment of i do what i want but i'm not an asshole about it uh right <laughs> well and and adila has made uh made noises about the fact that uh that whether or not he just does what he wants and uh and let the let the chips fall where they may. He's uh, he tends to end up with some really altruistic results, end results. It's important to note that, regardless of those end results, the intent behind them. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the fact that he takes them on a very case by case basis. Yes. It's not like he's just going to stick his neck out for anybody. No, absolutely, absolutely, and I think that's continued to play true throughout the arc. Um, he does stick his neck out for people, but in a lot of cases, those, the, the, it's very situational and it is based entirely on how he feels about that person and not, uh, based on any overriding code of ethics or, um, rule of law. Uh, additionally, he, he doesn't seem to attribute any, moral compass to those decisions and break somebody out of a police station house whatever or you know walk away from the the scene of a crime without doing anything about it whatever as far as he's concerned people that enter his his sphere of influence seem to be judged as worthy or unworthy of care. And from there, he makes decisions. And and I, I agree. It seems to, to completely match up with his current alignment. Now, it doesn't say that it's never going to shift. Um, one of the things that I think I mentioned in 5.5, and I'll mention again here, that I like about the the um, alignment system as set up in the in the Bailverker system is that it's it caters to gradual shift. 
It caters to the occasional up uh, up one point here, up down, or down one point there. Um, a shift in alignment that's a lot less world-changing <laughs> than going from, say, chaotic neutral to chaotic good or chaotic evil. Right, right. It's, it's very rare that uh, on paper someone's worldview changes substantially. Mm-hmm. Um, it does happen, has happened. Um, I've had a character who's been on both extremes of the alignment chart and then flip flop to the exact opposite sides of that same, uh, the, of the alignment chart as well. <laughs> so, <Yep. laughs> so it does happen, but, uh, but, but for the, for the day to day stuff and, you know, for, for most normal interactions that a character is going to have. Their alignment might bump around a little bit, but it's never going to. It's it's very rarely going to make that drastic a change. And in a lot of cases, it's probably going to be a gradual one. One the the character might not even notice a shift, a paradigm shift that starts with little things, like deciding to help a deep demon girl in an alley because she doesn't deserve it, didn't deserve the problems that she was facing, or Deciding to adopt a, a street urchin who is a good person and, and has a strong enough personality that, uh, that she might influence just a little bit a character's decisions. And while it might start gradually, it, it can shift an entire, an entire alignment over time. Yep. So it's possible we may see that. Or we may see Vaughn continuing to be exactly as he is now. <laughs> and continue to do things on the on the flip side of things as watching a man getting dragged into an alley across the street and just going, huh, well, oh. that must be a big, you know, that's got to be a problem for him. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing that happened. <clears throat> but yes, um, I, 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 I like to say, and, and I'm going to reiterate it, although I think I've said it before on one of these recordings, that I prefer a, a, a player to play to the character and not to the alignment they have on paper. The alignment, as far as I'm concerned, that's a fluid thing. That's a changing thing. Um, and I say that, and over the last 18 sessions, that alignment has not changed <laughs> one iota. But, but if it ever comes down to it, I'm going to say err on the side of the character's choice and not on the alignment's choice. That aside, I do think that Vaughn has earned an ability over the course of the last arc. Ooh. Now, there are ones that he used a great deal in the arc. Um, his easy charm, his empathy, his ability to kind of get a feel for a crowd and just sort of wheedle his way in calmly. And... Those, well done, well used. I like to see abilities used. Um, there's one that's going to be a lot, uh, a lot more passively handy to Vaughn that I think that he's earned over the course of the last, uh, what would it be, a month and a half, two months in Cordenor? Yeah, thereabouts. He has been on an almost strictly daytime schedule. Mm-hmm. That's true. He's done his best to to not get up, at least not get up past noon. <laughs> <laughs> Which means that he's dealing with a lot more light in his everyday life than most Drukar deal with. 
Um, Drukar start out with perfect night vision, the ability to see well in low light, poorly in daylight, and not at all in the darkness. But he's or in the pitch blackness without any light at all, without any light source. He's been in the daylight in Cordenor for you know, one and a half, two months, day in, day out. And as such, I think that by this time, Vaughn has earned perfect day vision, which allows him to see perfectly well during the day, poorly at night, and not at all when there is no light in, in pitch blackness. So with that combined with his existing perfect dark vision, Vaughn now sees perfectly during the day and during the night. But like anyone who is not Hanen or uh, born with a perfect dark vision, he cannot see when there is no light. <laughs> um, perhaps if, uh, if he follows Valdus into the caves somewhere and spends months on end in the Empire or something, <laughs> he'll earn that perfect dark vision. But but for now, that's uh, that's where he's at. I can't think of any additional abilities other than that that he might have earned over that time. Nothing comes to mind of the abilities I can think of, at least off the top of my head, which is a fair number. But yeah, I can't think of anything else that he would be, would have earned up to this point. Yeah, there are there are no abilities that uh, that are to be earned from getting beat down by an electromancer who's furious that you muster robes. Um, <laughs> there are, there are no. Abilities to be earned from uh, smashing the knuckles of a cavern demon between his blade and uh, and a hanging gutter. Um, there are no abilities to be earned from um, throwing minecarts at a uh, at a construct's head. But <laughs> all of those are still great experience worthy moments that have have helped Yvonne build up to the point that he is now. Um, still waiting for him to create that reflective magnetism shield. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get the bubble shield. I'm gonna float, I'm gonna float around, and just, 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 just go full on Magneto. <laughs> <laughs> well, and thankfully, you're you're not in the in the mutant world, so you don't need to have a, a helmet to protect you against the, uh, Charles Xavier. Um, but at any rate, um, I think that covers the majority of what I wanted to cover with the recap. Oh yeah, and uh, I forgot. There's a there's a a rule uh, that we've just sort of been uh, following, ca casually put in place. That's part of the system that uh, that I haven't really discussed much. Even in our interstitial bits, our, our point fives, we haven't covered it too much. Um, so I should touch on it very briefly, though. It it can, it is uh, an increase, a bonus that can happen to players mid campaign, um, at the end of a session, and um, it doesn't. It doesn't have to wait till the end of an arc, um, but we'll we'll talk about it briefly here. There are there are a couple of different um, bonuses on a character's character sheet that start out at a very specific static level, regardless of the character that you're playing, and those bonuses. Uh, can increase based entirely on use or um, encounter inside a session, inside the arc. Um, those three areas are weather endurance, senses, and weapon proficiency. 
endurances, weather endurances require that you fight or um, encounter some dice rolling within a specific weather condition, whether it's rain or snow or heat or blustery wind um, or the, the surreal specific weather condition of spectral storm. Vaughn hasn't really encountered much of that in his travels or in his time in Cordnor. Um, he hasn't worked up towards any endurances for those elements. Right, and, except for that one uh, that one storm that was actually in technically the last arc. Yes, as, as it were. Yeah, he hasn't really run into like it's been it's been it's been very pleasant in in Cordnor these last couple of months. At least on the played days, it has. <laughs> um, and and we haven't uh, we haven't gone out of our way to discuss any. Uh, inclement weather that he might have encountered during his time off. Um, but that's not too surprising since he's inside of a city. He's not going to encounter a lot of situations where he has to endure the elements. And it is an endurance. The um, a rainstorm, a, uh, a tornado, um, just uh, strong wind, snow, um, heat excessive wave. heat. Yeah, all of these things can negatively impact a character in Stereo using the Bailverker system. Um, they can lose die in specific stats or have to roll in order to endure the, 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 the elements. Um, and that can increase their resistance. A, a, an elf or a Khanen can eventually become so resistant to the forces of nature that they actually benefit from being in those conditions. Uh, um, uh, an elf in the in the correct circumstance can actually gain bonuses from fighting in the rain or fighting in the snow. But that takes a lot of time and a lot of dealing with those weather elements and, and increasing. With senses, those increase a lot more rapidly because you get a, a point for their use every time that you use them. Anytime that Vaughn was like, you know, I need, to, I need to look around or I need to listen. And he rolled that out. That is, uh, that, that is worthy of a point. Um, as you accrue those points, which are uh, managed by yours truly, the GM, uh, <laughs> you get to the point where you actually get bonuses in your senses that uh, are static bonuses that add to the dice pools. Uh, Vaughn currently has a bonus to his sight and a bonus to his hearing, yes. the amount of one die for each. Uh, he earned that bonus to his sight through gameplay. I can't remember exactly what session he gained that in, but he gained it in, in a session because he'd looked around enough that he'd actually improved his eyesight. There are five senses in the world of Sturreal, um, hearing, sight, smell, taste, and touch. And of them, touch is the only preternatural one, allowing certain elves to be able to draw images or memories out of objects by handling them. The third thing that a character can improve through use is weather weapon proficiencies. Now, <clears throat> A character always starts with at least one weapon affinity. In Vaughn's case, he's got a weapon affinity and he's got a proficiency with his unarmed combat because he's a martial artist. They, are, they, they just gain a bonus of proficiency. There are three levels to that affinity, proficiency, mastery. You may have heard us mentioning that he gets a bonus die when he's rolling to attack or defend or do damage with his fists or his feet. 
That is because of his proficiency. He can parry because of his proficiency. And every time that he successfully parries or successfully hits or critically hits or counterattacks, he gains points towards a mastery, which will give him the, the, the pinnacle bonus of two die to any of his attacks or defenses or damage. And that is, that is something he can work towards. He has not yet gotten that mastery. It takes a long time to go from proficiency to mastery, a lot longer than it does from affinity to proficiency. But without an affinity, a character gains a penalty for trying to use a specific weapon or tool. Um, and they can work that up to affinity, which is no deductions, then proficiency, a bonus one, and mastery, a bonus two. Right. Short of uh, any specific skills that might that might help them out in that regard. Indeed. Uh, I'm thinking thieves... Uh, transmuters and swordsmen all have skills that allow them to gain at least an affinity, sometimes a proficiency or mastery with specific weapons or tools. Right, and and actually for martial artists, it's the same because perfect body actually gives that uh, G- gives, gives them the bonus gives proficiency. Them the proficiency. Yep. So if you don't take perfect body, technically speaking, you're you, you don't get it. So right, you're just stuck with the affinity, <laughs> <laughs> and you've got to block with your body rather than parry. <clears throat> but all right. So yeah, those do not in- improve at the end of an arc, but uh, there are certain circumstances that might impede or or benefit them, as in this case where you got the uh, an ability for perfect day vision, which means you no longer take any penalties for, for looking around during the day. So all right. Uh, anything else? I think that about covers it. All right. Fantastic. Well, if you guys have any questions or, or any thoughts or any concerns or, or just a, a burning curiosity to know more, please uh, please let us know. Um, you can reach us at stereal at gmail.com or find us at uh, stereal.wixsite.com slash stereal. Uh, of course, you're listening to us either through your favorite RSS feed, TuneIn, Stitcher. Um, iTunes, SoundCloud, iTunes, yep. whatever. <laughs> and however you're doing it. Um and uh, and if you do a Google search, you can find Stereal all over the place. Right, uh, and uh, Facebook as well as always um, can be found at uh, Bellverker. Yep. If you look for that, or if you just do a search for Stereal, it'll come up. Also, indeed. So look us up, ask us questions. And, yeah. So uh, if like anything we like enjoy. covered in this, you know, this point five, anything we've covered in any of the sessions, any of the previous point fives, anything you'd like to know. And it doesn't even have to be game mechanics. It can be anything. You can ask about the world. You can ask about the characters in that world. What have you? Please send us. You know, drop us a line. Let us know. We we, we love talking about this world. So absolutely. And I am that crazy GM that can tell you the backstory for just about every single NPC that Vaughn has come across. So if you're curious, just let me know. I will talk your ear off. <laughs> But uh, all right. Yeah. So I think that will do it for this time around then. That wraps us up. All right. So thank you for listening. Yep. And uh, until next time. Until next time. Until next time.